Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfoe Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. As I sit here sipping on my delicious apple pie-flavored five-hour energy, it is exactly to the day, two months to the non-waiver trade deadline, which is great for me because two things I love. One, sipping on five-hour energy, and two, talking about the trade deadline. And because I love talking about the trade deadline for these last two months, leading into this extravaganza, which is the centerpiece of the baseball season, leading to the final couple months of the baseball season, we're going to do a few of these. I think the, the Bradford Show is going to do a few of these sort of themed, trade deadline-themed podcasts. The first one will be right now. And there's no better person to kick these things off than Dave Dombrowski, president of baseball operations for the Boston Red Sox. We talked to Dave about how the trade deadline has changed, what the Red Sox are doing with two months out, how do they approach this, what are they looking for, how this year might be different than other years. And he said it is different than other years, surprisingly. And then we're going to – little bonus tracks. We're going to talk to – to Joe Kelly and Drew Pomerantz, both about what they went through at the trade deadline when they got dealt, not only the minutes, the moments leading up to that time when they found out on Twitter, on the crawl, on whenever that they had been dealt the Boston Red Sox, but right now, about uh, two months out, what were they thinking? Did they think that they were going to get traded? So that's sort of from the player's perspective. All of it, it's catnip for me. It's catnip. The the trade deadline is an awesome conversation, and you can never start too early. So that's what we're going to do. And I should remind everybody, follow the Bradfoe Show on iTunes. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Buy a T-shirt. It all helps our executive producer, Mike Grinnell. That's underscore Mike Grinnell on Twitter to you. And, of course, I'm at Bradfoe. So let's start talking trades. Let's start talking trade deadline. Here is Dave Dombrowski. 
Well, Dave, with uh, just under two months until the non-waiver trade deadline, this is sort of where we start talking about these sort of things. And I know that we usually jump the gun in that respect, but still, it's interesting to a lot of people. I'm just curious, so as we sit here, how, how are you guys going about things just in a general sense? Well, I think in a general sense, basically almost every year, as long as you're a contender, is the same. And so for us, really, at this time of year, it's more the thoroughness of scouting and evaluating players and having a pulse of every club and who's on their team and having a real good feel of that. So we're making sure that everybody's thoroughly covered at this point. Most clubs are not in a position to make moves at this time of year. Once in a while, that's different. But the reality is you could have probably name the same five clubs that are willing to do something in the beginning of the season as you can now because those are clubs that are building more for the future. They usually don't make them quite as early, those deals, because they're looking to build the value of their players and their value gets usually increases as you get closer to the trading deadline. And it's a process really right now where occasionally you talk to general manager, you're kind of talking to them about what they're looking to do, where they are at that particular time. Your scouts are real important at that point because when they're out looking at players, they're also gathering information for you. But it really normally doesn't get too serious at this time because most clubs are still trying to kind of put a pulse of what they need. Clubs are also trying to stay in a pennant race at this time if they can. They try to push it as far as they possibly can. So... You never can tell when all that time frame changes, but you're in a position where normally it picks up, I find, the real heaviest, heavier conversations, really closer to the all-star break. You, and you have made some deals early, early, late May, early June. Do you remember any of that stand out? I think Piazza might have been around that time. Um, Dontrell Willis might have been around that time. Do you remember any particular incidents and, and what? sort of allowed that to break off from the things that you're saying, the, the norm of baseball? Well, those situations were a little bit different because I think in those in those scenarios, we were in a spot where we weren't competing to win the championship those particular years. We were really looking to move finances or move the contract. So we were in a spot that those deals you would make at any time and they happened very quickly. I remember back in many years ago when the game was a lot different at that time that we ended up making a trade uh, for Mark Langston in late May. And it was really a situation that was dictated more because Seattle at that time had decided that they were going to move him because they, they couldn't sign him. So they were willing to make a trade at that time, and we were very aggressive because I also remember we were competing against the Mets, and the Mets were very aggressive at that time. So we went out and we made a big deal at that point. But normally those other deals that I've made would be one in which you were trying to move the payroll in Piazza's case. That's when we were looking and after the 1997 kind of breakdown of the Marlins. Uh, Piazza had come on board with us at that time in a trade for us to move some contracts to the Dodgers. So that was going to be a quick move at that particular time. The only thing that would really change that is if you could clearly identify your one specific need that you had. But the problem you have is that sometimes as you sit here on June 1st, you may look at a, a situation, and for example ours, well, you're waiting for some guys to come back from injury to see where all your club sort of fits together. And then all of a sudden, let's say you fill the hole now. Well, that really may not be your major hole. Your major hole may be somewhere else once your injured players come back and you've already traded your prospect you're going to deal or spent the money you're going to deal. So that's why I think people try to identify for sure those particular weaknesses 
and sometimes it takes a while. You know, it's funny you said that. I was thinking last night about your team and, and how complex it is and how complicated it is. I think you said on Nesson the other night was that it's getting a little bit later in terms of trying to identify and get a handle on a B team, this team because of the injuries, because of a lot of factors. Does it feel that way compared to other years in terms of you can't really say we need this because you're still waiting for guys to come back and, and guys also to perform at different levels? Well, it has been an unusual year for us, and that time period just keeps stretching out, it seems like. So you just think you're going to get there, and you get David Price back, and then that same day you lose Dustin Pedroia, and then all of a sudden now uh, Eduardo Rodriguez ends up going on disabled list. Hopefully it won't be a long-term type thing. But we just haven't been able to get all those guys together. Brock Holt's been on an extended period. Carson Smith still isn't back. We're still dealing with Tyler Thornburg's scenario, and we're all hopeful that these guys will come back for us, but... Until you have them part of your glove and everything fits together, uh, you're in a spot where it's sometimes hard to make those final decisions. And even though you want to do that, sometimes your patience is the best virtue at that time. And it's, it's, other people don't have as much patience, but a lot of times it's the best thing um, for you in trying to make those decisions. Well, I was going to say, so I wouldn't know last year if, if you could say, all right, we, need a, we think we need a late inning reliever. We think we need a right-handed third baseman. We think we need another starter. Um, and whereas this year, are you able to say, I think we need this at all? Well, I think it's still too early in that process, and and normally you're in a spot where I've learned throughout the years, I usually don't broadcast those things either because there's no reason to do that. I don't think you benefit yourself at that point. But you're in a position where I think it's too early for us. We just have too many different questions. I mean, guys like Pablo just came back. Brock Holt's still out. Um, Like I said, Petey's out at this particular time. Got to see how that first base situation plays out because... Hanley's not playing first base now, but you can only have so many guys on your bench, so how all those guys fit in there once you get to your hopefully 12-man pitching staff that's stabilized, um, you got to see how all those guys fit together. Well, this last question is, how you mentioned really quickly that it, it, wouldn't, it might be a little bit different than it was in the, over the years. What's the biggest difference in terms of how teams are approaching the weeks leading into the trade down compared to maybe uh, 10, 10 years ago? Well, I think you know, 10, 20 years ago, it, it sometimes you're in a position where I think um, clubs nowadays try to take it as close to that August 1st, July 31st deadline that they can. I think part of it is the game has grown so from a business perspective. And so they're in a position where uh, the closer they can get to that time period, unless they're one of those handful of clubs that that really proclaim that they are a rebuilding type of team. So I, I have found throughout the years that it seems like more of those deals have gotten pushed back because clubs more and more don't want to say, hey, we're giving it up and going for the future. And I think a lot of it's, again, because we're a much bigger business nowadays. Dave, I appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Well. That was really good. You know what else is really good? This delicious apple pie-flavored five-hour energy. What a day. Trade deadline and five-hour energy. We're going to continue the momentum. We're going to talk to Joe Kelly now. Joe Kelly was obviously traded July 31st, 2014 from the St. Louis Cardinals to the Boston Red Sox. And I thought it might be interesting to talk to Kelly, and then we're going to talk to Pomerantz in a little bit about what it was like to get traded at the deadline, but also while he was sitting here two months out, 
what was he thinking? I mean, what are these players thinking right now? Do they have any idea these guys think they're going to be traded? Maybe a guy like Mike Moustakis of the Royals or somebody else. But Kelly was pretty interesting in how he viewed the whole thing and also how he found out about the trade. So here he is, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, what's it like to get traded at the trade deadline? Just like that, huh? Um, it's a whirlwind of emotions, I would say. Um, I mean, my situation getting traded was a little bit different, how I found out, obviously. Um, you know, something that I saw, A, found out on Twitter, and wasn't confirmed yet. So, I mean, I didn't know if it was true. And then about five, six minutes later, it went across the bottom ticker on MLB Network. Um, you know, mine Craig's name pop up. I was like, uh, is this true? Like, not sure yet. Um, a couple minutes after that, I ended up getting called in the office. Um, you know, told I was traded. Uh, you know, was in San Diego, had some family there. You know, from there, you know, you just leave the field. Um, you know, you're expecting to play a game that day. You know, left the field, went back to the hotel room, packed. Um, you know, waited to see what, obviously, the plan was. You know, I was getting traded, obviously, but uh, when I was leaving, what I was taking. Um, but, yeah, it's something that, you know, it's always part of the game. You know, you don't ever expect it unless, you know, you start seeing your name fly up in rumors. Um, you know, it was quiet for me. I never saw anything like that. Um, and then... You know, from there, basically, it was a long road trip for me because, you know, obviously, I mean, I went home to Boston, but it wasn't, you know, home home at the beginning. So it was, I had one suitcase. Everything was dirty. Uh, had to get everything pretty much washed and, you know, came to Boston, you know, the day after and, you know, met all the guys. And um, But it's definitely something that you never really, you know, think about. Um until the trade deadline comes, you know, start wondering, you know, who's going to get traded, uh, there's going to be new players on your team, who on your team might get traded. Uh, so it's uh, probably the last couple of days, uh, leading up to the deadline, two, three days, that's always fun to, you know, try to check out where, what moves are getting made, you know, what rivals get, you know, what guy or what rivals lose some guy. Um, but, you know, it's a odd time, but also a very fun time, you know, if you're not the guy getting moved. So, oh, so we're almost we're about a month and a half out, or whatever, just over a month and a half. So, a month and a, looking back at that, a month and a half for you, you had no inclination, you had no inkling, you had no like, I'm just going to be a member of the Cardinals for as far as I I know for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, at that time, a month and a half in, you know, I was on the DL, so it wasn't even playing, so it wasn't anything going across my mind, and I think. When I came off the deal, I think I only had, you know, three starts, so, you know, about two weeks, and then the trade deadline was there, and then I got traded. Um, so it wasn't, you know, anything I was thinking about, you know. A, just coming off the DL, um, didn't think or wasn't thinking that any other team, you know, would want me at that point, um, you know, especially after coming off an injury. Uh, and then, you know, obviously on the other side of it, you know, the Cardinals, you know, getting, you know, three starts and then being traded. Um, you know, something that, that's risky, obviously, when some guy's coming off the DL, you don't know. Like, I don't, did the Red Sox know I was completely healthy or anything like that? 
Uh, but, you know, that's something that didn't even cross my mind. I was going to get traded at that point just because of the scenario that I came off of, you know, a long extended time off the DL. Finding out, like you said, finding out on Twitter and finding out on the crawl, I mean, you aren't the first person for that to happen to, but was it, and then when you got called in, were you like, you know, why did I find out this way, or is it just this accepted thing that sometimes it gets out ahead of the team? No, it's just an accepted way. didn't really, you know, ask any questions at the time. It's just I already knew what was going on, and um, it was more of, all right, now how am I going to go about you know, obviously being traded. Um, but, you know, it was a short, quick meeting and seeing I got traded and then, you know, saying my goodbyes in the locker room, packing my stuff up, and then, you know, obviously went back to the hotel and see what the plan was from there. Well, thanks for joining us on the first uh, the first of many trade deadline spectaculars. I hope you don't have any more, honestly. Well, too bad, Joe, because we're going to continue these trade deadline extravaganzas right on through the next two months, which is even more of a reason to subscribe to the iTunes account for the Brad Foe Show and follow us there every time we drop a new episode. And once again, social media, Mike Grinnell has that thing up and running bigly. So with Kelly in the books, we're going to go to another player now, a guy who was also traded at the trade deadline a little bit before, July 14th of last year. Now, Drew Pomerantz had been traded in August 16th, 2011, so he was used to being dealt around this time, but it's still interesting to hear Pomerantz talk about how he sort of felt he was going to get traded as the last couple months leading up to the deadline unfolded. So here is Drew Pomerantz. So now we're about a month and a half out, just over a month and a half. Look back to last year where you were, you were cruising along with the Padres. So if you can think back to the early June of last year, if you actually thought, started thinking and getting in your mind that this might actually happen, that you get traded, or was this not even on your radar? Uh, I mean, me personally, I've been traded so many times in a short amount of years and kind of just always you know, sitting on go for whatever, so it doesn't really surprise me when it happens. I think you know, once I started pitching well, um, you know, I kind of thought it was more likely being you know, on the team that I was on um, you know, we had already traded a couple guys, and uh, you know, I kind of knew that I was probably going to go down that path. When you went to the All-Star game, was I remember watching in the All-Star game and thinking, oh, I wonder what number he could potentially be wearing for the Red Sox. So when you went to the All-Star game, did you kind of, when guys were there and you were talking to guys, were you thinking, yeah, this is probably going to happen? Yeah, I had talked to a few other guys. Um, you know, they were, you know, I, kind of asked like yeah, I wonder if I'm going to get traded and they're like yeah, you're definitely going somewhere you know so after that point I knew that something was probably going to happen pretty quickly so when it actually happens I was talking to Joe when he got traded here and he said he found out on Twitter and then the crawl um, and he just said you've gone through it a couple times and I don't, first of all how did you find out about this trade the Red Sox and is that just happen where teams aren't able to get out in front of it because the news happened so quick? Yeah, there was some hold up in my uh, trade here, I guess. Um, I found out, I've usually found out, gotten a tip off from an agent or like a, you know, maybe they call me pretty quickly. But this time, you know, I obviously saw it on ESPN, like all this stuff was going down and I never got a call from anybody. I was just kind of sitting there waiting. You know, it was already announced that the deal was done, but it clearly wasn't because I had no phone calls. But um, so I just kind of I took the day off anyway. It was the day before this, 
season started back up after the All-Star game. And I just waited, like, I don't know, probably didn't get called for, like, three or four more hours. So so you saw that the deal was actually done, a report that was deal was done. Did you... Like, did you actually just, like, call people, say, hey, what's going on? And th- well, I, texted my, I texted my manager, uh, Andy Green. I was like, hey, uh, you know, is anyone going to call me or what's going on? He was like, I don't know anything. You know, obviously, it was over his head. So he was like, I, um, I would assume you'll get a call at some point. You know, he can't really say much either. So um, I just kind of waited, <laughs> tried to be normal. Well, again, it's... Uh, trade deadline is unique for you, but uh, you can never start talking about it too early. And that's why I guess we're talking about it. So <laughs> thanks for re- revisiting your situation. Yeah, of course. There you have it. Two months to go before the non-waiver trade deadline. Dave Dombrowski, Joe Kelly, Drew Pomerantz all offering their unique perspective. Remember everyone on Twitter, Bradfoe underscore show, no W. Same thing on Instagram. And please follow us on iTunes as well and leave some comments. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, anything you want. Just leave some comments. We really appreciate everybody listening. Now I'm going to get back to sipping on this five-hour energy. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. How did one man go from the scion of a Bay Area sausage company to triple murderer? Bud Stewart was always just a little off the rails. I'm Natalia Gravich, and I explored this question and many others on The Sausage King, a new podcast from KCBS Radio and Odyssey. He would park the truck with the pig and the straw in front of my campaign headquarters. Didn't like to follow any rules. Subscribe and listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.